Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Today, we have another incredible guest joining us, Leticia Lanier McKinney, and she is joining us from Tennessee. Such a great pleasure to have you here today. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm so excited for what God is about to do. Come on. And thank you again, Dallas. My absolute pleasure. Today, we are going to discuss your recently published book, 30 Days Ago. It's been published for 30 days, available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. All of those links are in the description below. Check it out. Your book is titled Generational Curses No More. And I think this is something that we need to know about first. We need to identify and then we need to apply for all of our lives. I think we're all carrying things in our life that need to be broken off from past generations that could affect our generation today and our future generations. And so it's such a pleasure to have you here to talk about this book. But like we always allow our guests to do, I want to give you the opportunity just to share your faith with us. Why are you a believer today? How has it changed your life moving forward? And then we'll go from there and talk a little bit deeper into the book itself. You know, I, I was listening to that question and really seeking how to respond. And to be honest with you, If it wasn't for my mother's story, which is in the book, I would have no story in salvation because I can't tell you today that I really gave my life to Jesus. But I do have an answer for when I accepted the spirit Mm -hmm. of the Lord into me. But in order to understand my story, you have to hear her story. My mom was uh, an abused woman since she got married from 16. She started having children immediately. My father was physically abusive. He didn't want me. And um, so he would always constantly have a reason to hurt her and harm her. So this was a time when they were broken up and she was now about 22 years old. And on this day, she just decided she couldn't take it at all. She just wanted to get rid of her life. So she tried to use a razor to cut her wrist. It didn't work. So she tried to hang out the window. When she did that, um, the spirit of the Lord, because she had been through such a phase in that day, um, just trying to find a way to take her own life because the enemy was trying to rush her. Hurry up, hurry up. So he was using that spirit that was tormenting. So she's hanging out the window and the spirit of the Lord said to her, now she now she knows because she understand who God is mm-hmm. now. The spirit of the Lord said to her, what about your children? So the children were me. I was four. My sister was five. We was in the bedroom and we didn't know what was going on. But it freaked her out so much that she got out of the window and pulled herself off the ledge to find that voice. And she pulled her ear all around the house looking for that person who said that to me. And she flipped out so bad that she wound up at the kitchen table, just crying and going off and just can't take anymore. 
and she opened up her eyes, she had, remember back, I don't know if you see, you're not my age, but we used to have a, um, with napkin holders on our tables back in the day, you know, now they got the little flowers and cute stuff, mm -hmm. but they had cute black, uh, she had this black and gold trimmed napkin holders. And when she opened up her eyes, there were two beings fling, flickering on the side of each uh, of the, uh, of the napkin holder. And she was just like, it, it, it flipped it out. So she kept cl closing her eyes, opening it. They were still there. So then her radio wow. came comes on immediately after she had that experience. And the man of God said to her, you just tried to take your life, but God has so many great things for you. And then he said, he, he let her repeat the sinner's prayer. She repeated the sinner's prayer. And on that day, she had never known any about, anything about church because our family at that time were alcoholics, <laughs> guys winding up in prison. We had a curse on our family. My grandmother said years ago in which we were not going to be anything, but the Lord had a change. When she received Jesus, everybody in the nation received Jesus, okay? Because now she was preaching all over the family. I mean, people were <laughs> receiving God left and right from this young woman. And now our salvation, it wasn't that we never gave our heart to Jesus, but because of her experience, we recognized who Jesus was and she taught us. So by the time I was 15 years old and I was like singing in the choir, directing the choir, doing a lot of things, did I ever really, really focus on, did I ever give my life to Jesus? So this one day I said, I want the spirit of God to dwell in me. I want the Holy mm -hmm. Ghost. So I went up to a, a, a big old major pastor who was in our church that day. And that day at 15 years old, I totally committed myself to living for the Lord. And ever since, oh, has it been challenging? Oh, yes. But to yeah. God be the glory that she took the time out to hear his voice and do what God said rather than the tormenting of the enemy. So that's yeah. my salvation road. That's how mm -hmm. we got here. Amen. Yeah, you have, it's, it's amazing how your mom has such an impact in your story Ooh. itself. And Letitia, do you have any children yourself? I sure do. I have three beautiful children. I have an eight-year-old. Go ask somebody. I have a 25-year-old, my oldest daughter, and my son is 23. Yes, I do. Wow. And they, he just graduated so, from college a year ago. And my daughter, they're doing wonderfully. In the way that your mom has impacted your spiritual life, how do you think uh -huh. you have impacted your children's life? And how do you think what you learned, you applied as a parent? You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Introducing the newest release from Bishop Robert G. Moore, God, I Appreciate You. This uplifting gospel track is an expression of gratitude to the Almighty for His grace and blessings. With Bishop Moore's soulful voice and heartfelt lyrics, God, I Appreciate You, will uplift and inspire you to thank God for all that He's done. Don't miss out on this powerful message of gratitude, available now on YouTube. Introducing 99 Relapses, the interactive podcast that not only engages you through audio, but also directs you to their website for additional resources. At 99relapses.org, you can access tools such as previous podcast episodes, show transcripts, devotional videos, memory verses, and podcast exercises to aid you on your journey of recovery. These sources are available to provide you with support, engagement, and strength. Visit 99relapses.org to start your journey toward recovery today. That is number 99relapses.org.
in the way that your mom has impacted your spiritual life, how do you think you have impacted your children's life? And how do you think what you learned, you applied as a parent? Oh, you really want to go there? Oh, my goodness. So just watching her life through the salvation, through the rough times, through the difficulty, I was a weird kid because I would take note. I would take note of what I wanted in my life that was effective in her life, that was good, and that was God. All the other decisions that seemed like it impacted her in a negative way, I said, I'm not bringing that to my life. So if I could tell you in a nutshell, the difference in my children's life is that they've been surrounded by Jesus. He has made the difference in their life. And because of her decision that ricocheted to my life, that real right there, everything else is almost null and void mm-hmm. if they've met the Savior. Yep. And it's up to them now. I have given them all the tools. I've lived the life in front of them. I wasn't fake and phony at home and then going mm-hmm. to church, praise the Lord. I lived one way in front of them. And that's literally all they know. Even if I have failed in certain areas, because human beings, we are not mm-hmm. perfect. But knowing our Savior is the best example we can get and living it is the best example we can give to our children so that they know. When my mother, uh, uh, when my mother and my father forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Mm-hmm. They'll have their own personal relationship with the Lord. That's more important than anything. So yeah. I'm glad. Thank you. I'm glad that they love Jesus. That's yeah. the bottom line. Come on. I mean, what else does a parent want? You know. <laughs> yes. You could yes. be a doctor, a dentist. You could be a sports coach. Whatever. Just know the yes. Lord. That's the most important thing. Hallelujah. And so I ask that for myself personally because I'm a new father. My boy is one year old. And so I want to apply those things into my son's life. You know, the things that I have seen my parents do and, you know, grandparents do. I want my son to have that. And so thank you. I hope that I can apply those things into my son the way that you have with your children. And you know what? It's a constant process. Yeah. You know, and if if you recognize you got one thing you got to be is real. Because kids, yeah. you can you can they you can tell them one thing, but if you live in another, they're bad. They can they, sure? they can tell, you know. And either you're gonna be real or you're not. Mm-hmm. And and they will take yeah. sometimes they will take on those attributes. But with me, there were certain things I had to look at because I wanted God pleased with me, no matter mm-hmm. what my mom or my dad yeah. did. I wanted God at the end of because I she taught me to have a relationship. Going back to the title of your book, why did you choose this title, Generational Curses No More? And I'll just tell you, I did not choose that, but the Lord did. I had been talking to my mother about getting my life story out there, and I told her that it combined hers because if not for her Mm -hmm. story, that heaviness of my life would not have taken place. And so we were doing it before she passed. She passed in... Um, June 19th, 2021, right? No COVID, nothing. She, the Lord just said, okay, my baby tired. Let me take her out of here. Mm-hmm. And um, when she passed, before she passed, about six months before, uh, oh no, sometime before, I think it was 2019, right before COVID hit, I had just released and published Today's Pastors, Yesterday's Kings. That was my first book. And she was like, wow, I've been wanting to do my own book. I said, mommy, we can do it. I can help you. And then she said, uh, and I told her, I said, I already started writing my book. And I only started about a page or so. (laughs) And it took me a while. 
And then the Lord allowed transition to happen into my life. And while that transitioning was happening, he was completing the book. And I kept writing while life was happening. And he was answering so many things from years and years of my past. He was Mm -hmm. answering it in that season and telling me to record it and write it and write it and write it. And I kept writing. And then I said, by January, I said, Lord, January, I think it was February. Lord, I don't have a name for this book. I can't figure out what to make it make sense. So I remember a service where I was exhausted um, and I didn't want to go to church. And Spirit of the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night and said, go to church. Mm-hmm. I went to church and my pastor was ministering and he said, generational curses. And the Spirit of the Lord said, no more. Mm-hmm. It's the name of the book. Just came and God completed every step to get it done. So I didn't name that book. God's direction. He named Amazing. It. Amazing. Amen. And I want to touch on this generational curse because I don't think everyone knows what this means. I don't think everyone understands this in the Christian realm. And so if you could just identify this for us, what is a generational curse? How do we perceive this? How do we remove this? And then we'll go from there. So a generational curse is something sometimes you are aware of and some things you're not aware of. For example, here's one that I was aware of. My grandmother told me when I was a pretty young girl, um, we kept seeing a pattern of men going to prison in our family, men uh, drinking a lot, men not living a certain life. And she said years ago, when she lived down south in Georgia, they, this woman came and cursed her family and said to her that none of the men in your family will ever amount to nothing. They're going to be drunk. They're going to be bumps. And all, da, 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 da. She, she, now, she didn't have the story of Audrey when that woman put that curse on the family. So she didn't know God. They didn't really go to church. They didn't know anything about church. And if they did, it was, it was the surface stuff, <laughs> right? And so that's something we saw prevalent in our lives because we couldn't wonder why our uncles was in prison and why drugs and all that stuff was in our family. But when mommy came, the Lord lifted that particular curse because the generation that met me heard my mouthpiece because I learned from the word of God and my mother, we're not going to repeat this. So God allowed my generation, none of us to go to prison. Yep. And then about 10 years ago, one of us messed up and the drinking overtook his life. And he's the first one out of all my grandmother's 60 something grandchildren. None of us in prison. None of us strung out on drugs or anything like that. One of them made a bad decision at the wrong time. And he shot this boy because he thought the boy was beating on his sister, which he was. But she, he killed them immediately in the car and didn't care. And we, I had, I had those conversations with him. I begged him, listen, don't go that route. Let's, let's make better de- decisions. Let's do better than the generation before. So that's a visible generational curse. Then you got things happening in your family with the drugs, with the alcohol, and you're not really focusing on them as something that happened years and years and years before. And now mm-hmm. we're all in that same pattern, then, then there's something that tried to overcome my life, and that's a sexual abuse. And mm-hmm. I could really go into details on how God let me see the generational curse 
through the sexual abuse that happened to me. But let's pause right there. Now you say, your question was, how do we overcome? You gotta be intentional. And this is going into what my answers for your questions, right? Yeah. You gotta be intentional. And sometimes as a youth, you can't really be intentional. But I believe God gives us intuition. He gives us that gut feeling. We've seen this before. Somewhere, somebody else has done this. In our bloodline around us, and those generational curses that are not rebuked by the enemy, they become patterns and just a way of life. So people think, oh, my mother was an alcoholic. I got to be an alcoholic. Or I'm starting to drink and I can't control myself. Oh, that's where it's coming from my mother. Really acknowledging that demon. And and sometimes it'll skip your generation and go to your children. And that's why it's important. There's a lot of things that I can show you on how you can pray against the enemy's plot against the next generation. Now, and, and you have to be consistent. But a lot of times people don't take the time and step back and say, have I seen this before? God, help me to do better. Help me to make better decisions because I have little ones looking at me. Yeah. Not only that, I want to please you, Lord. So I'm not going to take, listen, generational curse, abuse was in my life. It wasn't happening for me. So what did I say? Lord, the man of God that is going to connect to T is going to love you first yeah. and foremost. And if he can love you right, he'll know how to love me right. Then I had the conversation. I said, listen, my mother was beaten my whole life. I was her protector. If you start with the name calling, that's yeah. it for me. I'll, listen, I had this boyfriend. Uh, I know where I'm going off. I had this boyfriend that called me out my name one time. I walked away. My sister and everybody else, because he got money and all, he's so cute, thought I was a little crazy. But the thing is, I don't stand for name calling because if you call me out my like name, you said, being intentional. you can yeah. knock me out. If you can call good, good. me out my name, you don't mind smacking me around. Mm-hmm. I don't have time for that. So I had to yeah. see those patterns and make a conscious decision. And my husband has honored, oh my goodness, I've been so blessed. But if my mother never met Jesus, I don't know what it would have been. Yep. Yep. And it's it's one thing, like I've had my battles too. If the audience who are listening today, they understand my testimony. I came from a drug addiction as well. No more. I'm not, this is not going to happen to my son. We're just not allowing it, right? We are, we're covering our, my son in prayer. We're doing all of these things. We are not allowing this to continue, right? Yeah. And thanks yeah. For, my, for my wife's family as well. And so when you talk about our children, it's just, it just hits different, you know? Yeah. For those of us who have kids, it's like, no, no, no. Like, yes, I had my troubles, but no way. This is not happening for my son. So I think it's so important, the prayers that you're talking about. I think it's right. so important mm-hmm. to pray, to cover our children with prayer. Oh, yes. For sure. Oh, yes. yes. And what would you say are the most common misconceptions that we see with generational curses? Now, watch this. I had to write this down because there there are three major ones. And one of the major ones um, about uh, a misconception is that if you don't see a pattern, like I said before, in your youth, that it will not be repeated in your children. And because you didn't pick up some habits that happened somewhere and you've seen it though you've been exposed to it that you don't like you say have to cover your children 
The enemy hates our children. He hates the next yep. generation because there's going to be a Moses come up. There's going to be an Elijah. There's going to be some great servants of the kingdom of God. And we are the sons of God. God wants us to be in place, right? But we don't know if we have that Elisha, that Elijah. Mm -hmm. Our womb is so fruitful with, 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 with promise that we have to do everything within our power so that our children can fulfill it. And that starts with internally, are you realty? Are you being the example in front of that child? Yeah. So making certain that you don't think just because you didn't do it that the enemy won't come for yours because that's that's his job. Yeah. So that's a misconception. And then it, another thing is, a lot of people think I could just pray it away. Watch this. The Bible says that these things come through prayer and fasting. There's some things you're going to have to take before the Lord more than just pray. I'm talking about reading God's word. I'm talking about fasting. I'm talking about God. This is a hang up or a stronghold that's so strong on my family. And I know I've been praying to you, but what else do you need me to go into? I need to go into spiritual warfare. I go into spiritual war. I need to go before you in such a way yep. that's different, unique, God. Because every situation, we want to make those situations the same outcome. It's not going to happen. So, God, this is something I've seen, a financial difficulty, and I'm tired of seeing this. What do I need to do different? to get you to understand I'm not interested in continuing this way, Lord. Yeah. Give me a yep. different method. Even with business, you can't use the same tactics that are work for one situation with the other one. So you have to be able to say, listen, I'm going to a different scripture in the Bible. I need a different reference, Lord. I need, I need a different scenario. It's seeking you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all yep. these things shall be added unto you. So that's yep. the second. The, the last one that I have, is that seeing the wrong and becoming intentional, if the situation should rear its head, like if it, it's going to come again, right? What strategies are you putting in place that's going to, like we just said, Ooh. that's going to combat the enemy's plan against your family's life? It is so, it, it is so imperative that um, people recognize and be intentional the misconception is I don't have to, even if I do see something, even if I have seen it somewhere in my life, I don't really have to concentrate on it. That, that's a, a horrible misconception that you don't have to focus on that. And God, he's constantly speaking to us in various ways. And if you're not seeing the signs that God is leading you to fix those things, then it will repeat itself back in your life. So sometimes people just overlook. Yeah. Yeah. You were talking about being intentional. And so let's go into spiritual warfare a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. Can you give us some practical steps how to combat this, how to fight against this? Okay. So combating generational curses come come in. I, I do have three more points in that in that regard. Go ahead. Go De ahead. Definitely prayer, fasting. Yeah. Those are combat. But yeah. you gotta keep your eyes open. You gotta be more intuitive about your children. You gotta put perimeters in place, okay? For example, I'll give you an example. So for my daughter, I knew that I had been sexually abused by my uncle. It wasn't until the Lord allowed him to need me 
about two years ago to move into Tennessee and to have a place to live, that was a hard decision. But it wasn't so hard because I had built process. And this is one of the questions you asked me, a process by which God had to heal me of the sexual abuse he caused. And one of the revelations that the Lord gave me is when he came, came into my house, my husband's first question was, listen, don't hurt my daughters. He already knew my story. In my mind, I built him to be this grown, big old man. When God gave me that revelation, I'm sitting at the kitchen table, him and my husband are talking. And my husband clearly says, I am, I think he was 50 something at the time. And my uncle says his age was only one year older than my uncle, which made him six years older than me. Here's the generational curves. You ready? He's six years older than me. And that means he, he started messing with me when I was four years old. He was... Him. Yep. So there was a baby messing with a baby. Now we continued till he turned about 18 and they got to the real part. You feel me? I was a little yep. girl. And so as I grew older and I found out his father, which is my mother and her aunt and her sisters and her brother's stepfather, because he was a younger one. That my grandmother married his father. She already had five children. Watch the enemy. His father sexually abused and, and abused the boys and sexually abused the girls, the twins, ben. and my mother. My mother would get angry when he would try to go in a girl's room and she would distract him so he'd abuse her instead of her sisters. Right? Now, well. mind you. I don't know this story. I don't know her life. My uncle, now we have, now my mother saved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go back to salvation. And she's living with my grandmother. She had no other choice. My grandmother has two young boys. Who are two young boys? It's 10 and 12, right? Now you got these little girls who are like four, five, four, four and five, right? And so they're curious little boys. But the spirit that was on his father, which he don't know, is now on him as a little boy. And so as I was getting older, I started recognizing even that I had even been abused or even to know the name of it, God began to let me see that the generational curse was on the baby boy, even though the baby boy had no clue about sexual sins, but he was committing them against. So now in my daughter's ears, when I'm having a child, my mother used to get upset with me because I was straightforward. This is the things we pray, we talk, we know about the word of God, but nobody touched my private. So I constantly spoke into her ear to know your body belongs to God. It is the temple of the Lord. And nothing that happened to me will happen to you because I will guard you. And if anyone should come your way mm-hmm. and violate you or try to violate you, you come immediately to me so mommy can handle it. And the Lord has prevented abuse in my 25-year-old daughter, my 24, my 23-year-old son, and my baby girl. So when uncle came into my house, the Lord had to purge me because I said, God, my revelation. I ran upstairs when I found this age. I, I said, God, in the world, he was a baby. 
I thought it was a big old man because I had my whole mind 48 yep. by that time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had my whole mind tormented by this big grown man hurting me. It wasn't a grown man. I was just so little that I, but see, here's the thing. You you asked me for, for, for ways to, to, to combat it. You have to put measures in place. What are the measures? You are the righteousness of God, baby girl. No one to touch your body. This is your story. This is God's story. This is God's mm -hmm. creation. And no one can violate you. And if you if you put that in your chair, now I know it was a little rough for my mother because she didn't talk to me then. She did other things that I, I wouldn't want to say it online to try to combat it, but it wasn't effective because it wasn't leading in God, it was leading in fear. Yeah. So wow. I, God just gave me those tactics to really, really get my next generation. We don't do drugs. We're not going to drink. We're going to do what God called us to. And then you've got to be transparent. What is the transparent? When God creates miracles in your life, when finances and stuff get out of order and things don't look right, you let your children know who you depend on. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that's you so true because so many times we miracles. want to protect our children, right? We don't right. want them to see the struggles. But you got to be But it's important for them to see where God came in and worked. There you go. Oh. There you go. Because sometimes children have a misconception that life is perfect because mommy and daddy makes it look perfect. Mm -hmm. My parents did that for me. And then I remember when my, my bubble popped, like, whoa. Whoa, this, this is, is not crazy. Life. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you, you have to be, in t like I said, intentional. And, mm -hmm. and what works for you will work for you. But you, even if you ask God for wisdom on how to make certain that the things that your your family dealt with before will not be dealt with with your children and your children's yeah. children, if you don't, then you're leaving them to the wolves. You're saying, mm -hmm. like you said, the experience of reality hits you, and now you cut. Your world can come. Your world can come literally crashing down if nobody prepares you. We're in a different world. Society is saying, listen, I'm open and you got a platform and you could tell all your story. If if that's a therapy, and, and a lot of people are not using that to help them. They're actually yep. abusing the gift of technology. You know, instead of saying, you know what, technology, I can speak my mind, but I can be delivered while I'm doing that. I could change mm -hmm. lives. I could, you know, we have to use this these platforms to help build rather than tear down. Mm -hmm. To build the kingdom, right? And I think so many times this, it's used for not that. It's used for the complete opposite, right? Opposite, for yeah. sure. I think you made a really, really good point about all that your example that you gave with your family. I think we're seeing these types of generational curses more often than we give credit to or, or identify as a generational curse. Like, yeah. The world has fallen, the world is broken, things happen, right? But I think that there are some spiritual things. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, right? Not, we see this over yeah. and over. It's not against flesh and blood. It's mm -hmm. against principalities. And so we have to understand maybe this is a, a generational curse. And so I just want to talk directly to our audience today. If you are listening, if you've experienced things, if you've seen things that you're talking about today, pray about it identify it as a generational curse, break it off. Let's uh -huh, be free uh -huh. for ourselves, uh -huh. for our homes, yes. for our generations, our children. We want freedom. We want right. freedom. Right, 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 right. And, and, and what I really, really appreciate about God is that 
he said, ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door will be open. You yep. have to, if, if, I, if I don't stress it enough, intentionality is so important. And stop being so holy that you don't see reality. Yep. Some people are so caught up in this just church effect that, and you know where I'm coming from, that they're forgetting that there's a reality in the house of God that has become so complacent and it's relaxed so much that it's affecting so many people. So they're almost going to church, like almost like zombies yep. in the sense of they have no feeling. No one ever dealt with, no one ever talks about it. So I'm not talking you know, yeah. so I don't know where I'm going with that, but go ahead. Next no, question. I, I, here in Brazil, so I'm a missionary in Brazil, and this has been one of the biggest challenges are the the denomination overall Brazil is Catholicism. It's the, the most popular, popular. And so right. a lot of this is rooted in Catholicism, coming to the service, sitting in the chair, uh-huh. leaving, yeah. not making this salvation decision, not Real. making the decision to follow the Lord, to change your way of life into following right. the Lord. Because you're there. Oh, I'm here. I'm with the people. I'm in the church. I'm following God. Following mm. God looks different than what right. what we're doing, right? And so right. I think you're 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 on the right track with that for sure. Yeah. I do want to talk about your podcast because I love to talk about podcasting. And Let's so go. you have recently released your own podcast called mm-hmm. The Talk Storm. So tell yes. us a little bit about that. What led you to do this and what do you talk about on the show? You are gonna be blown away. So you know I wrote the book. Right, generation new curses, no more. And we 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 released our first show discussing my mom because my mom's birthday was March first, and we couldn't the day do the you bro- released the book. I caught yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So we decided to re- release everything on that date and even start the show. And as we were starting the show, we spoke about her the abuse and, and being in church and not being the pastors and, and leaders were not aware of the constant daily fight we had to do. We appeared to be an amazing, beautiful family, churchy, dress well. My mother always presented well, but every day we would have to rush home and go hide the knives, hide the forks, hide any tools so he won't kill her with it. Yeah. Now. That was the stressor that I felt we should present in our first, you know, just, and and it was, it wasn't a heavy show. It was pretty light show, but it was definitely telling her truth that a lot of people from our church we grew up in since 1977 had no clue of her, the abuse. And I'm like, y'all pastors, y'all leaders, discernment, where? No, you Mm -hmm. know, so us as children, we went through a lot. Now, as we were doing this show, my we presented my cousin's story, who's a part of my book as well. My cousin is a young man. Watch this. He had been raped and molested by the same pastor in the church. He's a male man who raped an 11-year-old boy because he used to mm. always be the godfather of all the boys who didn't have parents, of uh, a, a father. So he would take them on big trips to... Uh, the Poconos and different places to have fun. Well, he took him and he did what he had to do to cut to Tim. Okay. Now Tim is on my show and he's telling his story. And as we're telling the story, the spirit of the Lord was just really kicking me, like, like hitting me to, to go in this vein of 
Why is it that abuse is going on in the church, but no one deals with it? No one rebukes mm-hmm. it. No one acknowledges it. Why do? Why is it swept on the rug? And I kept trying to get away from that topic every time, every week. I had another guest come on. Their story was the same. A pastor, a bishop. Uh, then I found out women who were coming to me in the, in the background and messaging and saying, listen, I was raped when I was six years old by a major pa- pastor back in Newark, huge Detroit, 20,000 members. His uncle used to come and rape. The- and people were just telling us our stories. And it was so church related. But nobody has a, a chance to talk about it. They didn't get psychological help. You got a lot of people wondering why these people don't know whether they're a man or woman. Why a lot of them keeping these secrets. Where's the secrets coming from? People that sexually abused them that was in leadership. So now they stopped going to the house of God. Why? Because they've been polluted to believe yep. that that represents Jesus. Mm. So they put Jesus's name in the sin that was caused upon them. And they tell others and then they infest others to believe that the church is evil. Let me tell you something. Jesus is coming back so soon. Satan is on his assignment. I tried to get away from the topic and the topic won't leave me. And then the spirit of the Lord gave me an experience to understand the word of God through David and Goliath. I had already been working with pastors and training them with music and increasing the quality of their services. I already been doing that for years with various pastors hiring me. But now, God, you telling me I got to go and be that David to these Goliaths who have resources, who are leaders and would dare to even admit that their church mm-hmm. have sexual abuse and other all types of abuse happening. But the Lord allowed me to work on a program where I can help them. And that, that goes to my, my, my um, website and things like that. But the truth be told, the talk storm seemed like it can't let go of that topic. And I want to, but yeah. I can't because the Lord won't lead me to do so. So now we have uh, programs in place to help pastors, leaders, churches. I'm not saying that the pastor did it, but do you know, Dallas, I can't get one pastor to come onto the show just to say, for the sake of how Jesus gave his life for us, I'm going to say sorry for every minister, every leader that did wrong against you to let you know this is the representation of Jesus Christ, not yep. what they did to you. Mm-hmm. Because I think that that God wants us to compel them to come back to the body of Christ. But how are we as a church, as a unit, as a body going to be effective in ministry if we sweep in the nastiness and not dealing with the rough stuff? Yeah. You know, so God has been giving me this. Oh, my God. Amazing, amazing program. It's entitled. Now, watch this. When you go to my website, you'll see. It's called Repairing the Breach, Generational Curses No More. And the first segment of it is called Josiah's Method 1. I don't know if you about know about King Josiah, but man, when he was there to repair the body of Christ, the, the kingdom, he had to tear down every single 
idol. He he took his leaders, his elders, he put them in place, and they began to work the body to build yeah. it again. No different yeah. than Nehemiah. And that's what I'm looking I at your believe. I'm looking at your site right now. I want to encourage our audience, sign up for this. Sign up for this course. I see it's $37. Is that correct? Yes, the webinar sir. is $37. Yes, it is. Sign up yes. for this. Visit her website. It's on the mm -hmm. in the description below. Keep going. Keep going. So I'm just really not just putting out the dirty part. I'm putting out the help part. Yeah. I want to help. I want pastors to know um, I'm not credentialed to be a pastor. I'm credentialed to be an abuse counselor. I'm credentialed. I'm elder. I've been elevated to so many levels in the kingdom. But I've always been one to sit with the pastor and help them build the kingdom. But yep. this is the hard part because I'm not just building the kingdom. I'm correcting the wrongs. I'm fixing and giving strategies on how pastors. And guess what my suggestion is? You ready for this, Dallas? You can't start with the body of Christ unless you go to your home first. So yeah. I, have a, a, I have a program where pastors can ask specific questions in their house first because you don't know which one of your children been messed up by one of the deacons in the church. You heard about what? that young lady that was on, um, uh, I forgot, but she, she, um, the pastor went before everybody and said, I sinned. I saw, you saw, I saw that? this video. Yeah. Do you know that that pastor could have put her through psychological assistance, giving her financial, uh, listen, I know people sin. Just like Eddie Long did years ago. They mess with these little boys and they become grown men. Now they all messed up and confused and everything. And then girls too, right? Okay, you made the sin. You may have to sacrifice some type of consequence, right? But in yeah. the meantime, between time, can you amend? That's my objective. Amending the body of Christ. Amending yeah. the situation. Repairing these broken generation of people who just need you to say, I'm sorry I did it. And here's the money so we can get you some of the help that I caused on you. Or the body. Or leader. Or the representative. Yeah. Okay. That's my objective. Wow. And how long have you been working with this podcast, promoting this out there, interviewing people with similar stories? Oh, man, since March 1st. March 1st? Okay, okay, of course, of course. That's excellent. And, and here's the thing. And then we we do it every other week. We've not missed one beat, not one show. I even though I had a surgery. Um, I still came in and I did the background, everything while they was on the show for me. And I was asking, putting questions and asking, answering questions to our audience and doing all of the above. But uh, yeah. to tell you, I know what I'm doing. No, because I didn't plan this. I didn't know that God would take it this way. I didn't have anything in store, but the book and from the book, God has been really raging across the nation where yeah. people I haven't spoken to in 30, 40 years are now contacting me and letting me know whatever their situation was or you know, I'm glad that Tim, because guess what? The young man finally at 48 years old, the pastor's son, who's now the pastor, called my cousin and finally acknowledged that their father sexually abused him and he was sorry. Those are signs of redemption. Yep. He, my cousin called me that night and cried so hard because this show is opening up doors for people to be delivered 
for people to have amendments, for people to say whatever they need to say in order to restore back the body of Christ. Yep. Yeah. And that's my main objective. Wow. And if we have some audience today who wants to be interviewed on your show, is that something that that's available as yes, well? Yes, we do have a process. We do a pre-show. Um, and we, we come together, we tell you the logistics, we get everything solidified, make sure your system is able to hold it up and we can do everything. And then we, we like you, give great questions. Like I said, you're phenomenal. And yes, we do. I, I, my main objective is to continue to do like, um, I like to go out and do, um, talk, you know, to the, to talk to the people and get dirty and nitty gritty. Um, so I like to do conferences and stuff like that, but the talk storm has a different effect. Yeah. Although I love doing, you know, going out to be a, a guest, um, cause my, my talk is transformative. You know, I don't, I don't want people to just hear a preacher. No, I'm not preaching at you. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you God's word on what God expects of the body of Christ. So let's get yep. it right. So yeah. it's transformative, but the talk storm itself, you know, I really, really opened the door to different ones. Like we have a guest that's coming on. Let me just give you suggest- a little thing. We have a guest coming on this week, then the next week, next Thursday. And she grew up in the church with my mother. Watch this. They were the same age, same amount of children, five, five, right? Yeah. She, I think she had six, mommy had five. They both was getting beat at the same time. Her husband was a minister in the church. See, those types of abuse, we we gotta put a stop to it because we're not seeing it and putting measures in place to help these young girls who married to these Romans. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't explain, but it's just a lot. It's just a yeah. lot. So yeah, the door is open for more well thank you thank you so much for everything that you shared today i think this is such a vital topic in 2023 and as we're seeing all of the confusion happening in our world i think it's even more needs to be applied more and more and more and cover our children with prayer cover our houses with prayer yeah and confront these issues that are happening in the church as much as outside of the church yeah and i think it's it's so vital all the things that you're discussing today thank you so much I want to invite our audience one more time. Check out her book. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, on your website. You can find all that information as well. The links are in the description. And anything else you want to leave us with today? Just one overall thought. Leaning on God is the best solution to get through any of the curses you've experienced, any of the difficulties you've experienced. And trusting His direction for solutions and strategies to get past it, especially if you're dealing with abuse. Um, we had someone call us last week and the woman was being beaten so bad by her husband that a friend of mine who sold with see my show, he called me. He said, she's in my house and I don't know what to do. The Lord gave me a strategy, but I had to have to have that real conversation with her. Are you really ready to leave this man of seven years beating on you? Or are you just saying you just need some relief for a minute? Because if you're ready, we can take the deepest next step 
So you give solutions. You have to give people phone numbers. You have to give them resources because you're not physically there to do what you could do. But prayer, supplication unto the Lord, reading the word, and asking for direct directions. There is nothing that God would, will withhold from you as his servant. Yeah. And there's nothing impossible for our God. Yeah. Nothing. Lean in. Lean on God. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And if I can have you end our time with a prayer, I would greatly appreciate it. Amen. So Lord, we just thank you for today. You are so amazing. We give your name the praise, the honor, and glory, God. We thank you, O God, because you've given us understanding that generational curses should do not have to be. We can rebuke the enemy's plan against our lives, against our children's lives. God, we ask that you give us the strength to know where you want us to go, how you want us to go, Lord, and that young lady that's being abused, God. In her own time, give her peace. Let her know that you are there. Even that young man, God, is happening in so many ways, God. And not only let them know you are there, but lead them to the right place and help them to make a solid decision that they will take it no more. They will not continue the plan that Satan has against them. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus God, you said in your word, you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think, oh God. So we thank you in advance for covering us under the precious blood, letting us know that our story will help someone else come up out of their difficulty. God, you are able, God, and we trust you. We bless you. We thank you, Lord, for Dallas heart, oh God, to continue the mission to press toward the mark for the prize of the higher calling and to do ministry in this way. We thank you, God, for this gift. We thank you, God, for the tools he had in his hand. We thank you, God, for the for keeping his family, keeping his mind, keeping his spirit, oh God. And everybody that's in under the sound of our voice, we thank you, oh Lord, that you will give them what they need to make better decisions to be intentional about not accepting what the enemy's plan has been against them. And we thank you for peace in every area of our lives. We thank you for increase in every area of our lives. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. With your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.